mission of Destiny Church, as well as your spiritual gifts and what God designed you to do. How awesome is that? If you haven't taken this step yet, go to Connection Point and sign up today or just show up. And if it's 9 a.m., hey, you can go on out there if you want and just join us for our 11 o'clock service. It is fasting time, guys. We are right in the middle of it, our first week in, and aren't you so excited? If you would like to join us for prayer, our sanctuary will be open from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. every day. It's a come and go, so if you only have 10 minutes, stop on by. Every minute of prayer counts. You can also join us for corporate prayer on Saturdays at 9 a.m. We'll all come together for a powerful one-hour prayer service. You don't want to miss it. Guess what next week is, guys? It's Baptism Sunday. It's been a while since we've had one, so if you've made a spiritual commitment to God or rededicated your life to Him, you want to take that next step and get baptized. It's going to be next Sunday at our 11 o'clock service. So don't miss out. You can sign up today at Connection Point or use that Destiny Church app. We want to make sure that we're prepared for you. One of our biggest events of the year is right around the corner. It's our EXO Conference. And here at Destiny, we believe in the power of strong, healthy marriages. So invest in yours today and sign up. It's only $50 per couple. And guess what, guys? It's on Valentine's Day this year. That's right, February 14th and 15th. Easy breezy Valentine's night. We'll have dinner. We'll have breakfast, food, education, spiritual growth, and reconnect with your spouse at this year's EXO Conference. That's all for this week. So stand up to your feet, come down front, and let's get ready to worship.
two elements for the Lord's Supper. Just raise your hands, and the ushers will bring you what you need. This is usually the time I tell you to prepare your heart to receive the Lord's Supper. But I'm, I'm going to switch it up on you because I feel like I've got a revelation on this. So I'm going to read. I'm reading out of 1 Corinthians 11. And it says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which is given to you. Jesus gave us his body, right? But I want you to think about it. Just think about it. What body did he give us? He gave us his resurrected body. He gave us his body that was whole and, and healed, right? He gave us his body that was full of power. This is what it says. And it says, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood do this to remember me as often as you drink it right so what are we remembering we're remembering that he died but most of all that he got up and that he was resurrected and he was healed and he was full of power and he came with all power in his hands so when you take this you take this remembering what Jesus did so if you have sickness or illness in your body, guess what? It has to leave because what you're taking is alive and active, and it signifies to the enemy that what he has put on your body has no power. He said here, listen, check this out. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing, you are proclaiming, you are preaching, you are showing the enemy that he has no power. That's why this is called the meal that heals. So if you have sickness, weakness, if you have mental challenges, he says as often, so you can do this every day, every day. Then it goes on to, it goes on to say, and it says, is why you should examine yourself before eating this bread and drinking this cup. For if you eat this bread and drink this cup without honoring the body, without honoring the body, he says you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. This is why many are weak and, and sick and some even die. What he's saying is, he's not saying that if you got something in your heart, this is what I've always taught, that if you've got it all against someone, yeah, you should, and that's just normal. You should forgive people. You should be coming into his presence whole. You should be coming into his presence walking in a godly love. But what he's saying is, you've got to know, because he says, my people perish because of what? Lack of knowledge. Right? So when you come thinking that what's in this and what this symbolizes is something greater than just taking a piece of uh, a bread and a and drinking some juice, but you're coming, honoring it, thanking him, knowing that what he's going to fulfill in your body, your natural body, is greater than any sickness that the enemy can ever put on you. So lift up these two elements to God. Father, I thank you right now for the empowerment 
that you have given us. When we take this and we remember that Jesus defeated the enemy, that he defeated him and he rose up with all power in his hands. Father, bless this bread. Bless this juice, Father God, that represents the new covenant, the covenant of love, the covenant that says that you are withholding no good things from those that you love. Father, we honor you. We honor this. We thank you. And we give you all glory and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may partake. My Savior, He's pouring out His love. The bread is the body, and the wine is the blood. The sacrifice of my Savior, He's pouring out His
praise rise up. Let your praise rise up this morning. Let it be a sweet-smelling fragrance to the King this morning. in me, the glory of the Lord, and I am the fragrance of your name. Surrender is the key that unlocks the door. Christ in me, the glory of the Lord, and I am the fragrance of your name. I'm not fighting anymore, and I'm giving you all of me, isn't that what you're fighting for? Yes, God.
like a fire, come like the wind, come Holy Spirit, we welcome you in, come like the fire, come like the wind, come Holy Spirit, we welcome you in, come like a fire, come like the you've been longing for. Now is the time. Do you believe now is the time to see the promises of God manifested in your life? To see those sons and daughters coming home. To see the bodies healed. To see the minds transformed. To see the hearts made new and healed. If you believe now is the time not only, you know, we're always prophesying later, later. What about now? Now is the time. Now is the time. This is it here. Right here and right now. And we're just going to move from glory to glory from right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. You come back with the head of my enemy. You come back and you call it my victory. Jesus, the great defender. Yes, we know it. Come on, sing it with me. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. Your love's become my grace. Yes, 
revealed your heart to him this morning. Where you thought you lost it. Where everything was broken. Where your heart was broken. Where your heart was abused. Where you were wounded. He says, I see it. Son, my daughter, I see it. Give it to me. I promise to mend the broken hearts. I promise I will bind up their wounds. We don't have to live with a broken heart. We don't have to live with an offended heart. He's come to make us whole. He's come to make us whole and healed and free. And all I did was praise. Come on, that's all you got to do. All I did was worship. Yes, all I did was bow. Yes, oh, I'm going to stay. Come on, just stay. Oh, I'm it's gonna stay we're just gonna stay in his presence a little longer come on yield that broken heart up, I had to cry out, and I had to surrender to God, and, and I'm going to say every time I did that, because <laughs> I wish I could say the one time I did that, but every time I did that, my God was right there, right next to me, and he says, I love you more than you could ever think, and he goes, I'm going to bring all those pieces and put all those pieces back together, 
and I'm going to make you better than you ever, ever, ever thought you could be. If you would just surrender to me, if you would just follow me, if you would just let me lead you and guide you. And that's what we get to celebrate this morning, that we serve a God that is so powerful. He can take any broken pieces and put it back together, and it looks better than it ever was. It looks better than it was when it was new. It's just how he works. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. And we just love you, Lord. Can we just sit here and say we love you? (laughs) We just love you so much, God. We thank you for the blessings, Lord. We thank you for what you've done with us. We thank you for never leaving us, never forsaking us, for for picking us up, Lord, when we were were in the darkness and just messed up. Lord, so we thank you to pick us up and dust us off and make us new. Thank you for giving us purpose, God. And thank you for, you know what, just never giving up. So, Father, we thank you. We honor you today. Father, we just come to worship and to praise you, Father God. So have your way in this place. Father, your will be done in this place. Your will be done in our lives. Your your will be done in this city, in our schools, in our churches, Father God, in our communities. Lord, have your way in this place. Father, we just give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen. Come on, can we get loud in here? Come on, let's get loud like we serve an amazing God. Let's lift up a shout of praise. There you go. Woo! Well, welcome to Second Service at Destiny Church. Do me a favor, find somebody you don't know and tell them welcome home. Good morning. <laughs> it got really awkward in here. There was no music. We were all just kind of standing. I was listening to everybody's conversation. Just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, well, welcome to Destiny Church. Welcome to Second Service. Man, we're fired up about what we had a wonderful first service, and now to see everybody here at Second Service, just fired up about what God's doing in the house. If you're new here, uh, my name is DJ, along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Come on, we love our church. You guys love our church? Come on, put your hands together. So good. I want to give a shout out to our online campus. You know, we have people that watch all over the world, all over the country. But, you know, special shout out to all our military members that are watching online. Look, we love you. We thank you. We're praying for you. And we thank you that you get to just tune in and and watch this morning. So 
So come on, guys. Let's just get, can we give it up for our military? Come on. So here at Destiny Church, we are in a 21 day of prayer and fast. That's what's going on right now. So there is, I'm telling you, there is a spiritual high moment in here right now, and I just love it. I, if I could stay in 21 days of fast, I would do it. We just keep, you know, I guess I would have to make it like, I think I said first service, 365 days of fast. Um, it would be so good, though. I just love the feeling I get and how close I draw and just how God speaks to me, all those wonderful things when I just, you know, I, I kind of just shut off all the stuff that stops him from speaking to me, and we just get in his presence, and it's amazing what, what can happen. So uh, here in the 21 Days of Fast, we, we have a, some cool things going on. Well, one, we always have our, our prayer cross up. So actually, I want to point this out. We have two new crosses in our church, one on either side, okay, and these were built for us by Brandon Perdue. Um, so he, he is uh, Sarah Perdue. She's our worship pastor. It's her husband, and he put these together for us, and I love them because here's what we're doing so you know. Um, we're going to have a prayer wall. So what that means is that when you have a prayer request, you're going to nail it to the cross. And then we're going to have a miracle wall. Okay, and over here, when that prayer is answered, you're going to transfer your prayer from that cross to the miracle cross. And then we get to see how God's showing up in this place. Every time we look around, we're going we're gonna to eventually see that this cross is empty and that cross is full. Because that's what we expect. We expect God to do uh, those kind of things in this place. I'm just telling you, miracles are getting ready to happen. Um, so now there is a problem, though. If you look back there, we had the original cross. Got filled up. We didn't have any place to put those. <laughs> So if you didn't take, look, if you put a prayer up on the original cross in the back corner and you know that God answered that prayer, that's a miracle. Because what's a miracle to use is, you know, it's everybody's prayer answered is their miracle. You got to understand that. So what you consider a miracle might not be what I consider a miracle. But if I'm praying for something and God answers my prayer, that's a miracle. Uh, because I know I'm giving it to him and he's going, I'm going to let him do what he can do with it. Okay, so, so if you have a prayer back there, then if you can find it, there's a lot. There's a lot. If you can find it, go ahead and transfer it over here. If you can't, um, here's what I want to do. I'll give a couple weeks, but I'd like you to, uh, if you want to rewrite your prayer request and throw it on the new cross, if you want to transfer it, pull it off that one, put it on the new cross. Whatever doesn't get transferred, that's fine. I'm going to put it in a prayer basket, and we're going to continue to pray over those just to make sure that if someone was here and visited and put a prayer in there, we don't miss it. Okay, but our goal is to fill up that other cross. Let's get that filled up, and we'll keep transferring them over. I just, I can't see anything back there anymore when I look around there. I, I put a prayer up there, and I couldn't even find it. So um, that's because God took it off for me. He said, I got that one. You don't need to put that up there, but that's good. So throughout the fast, what we are doing, though, our church is open from 6 to 1 every single day. Um, so Monday through Friday, 6 to 1. So if you want to come in before work or come in at lunch, you can pray. We'll have worship music playing. Also on Saturdays, we have corporate prayer at 9 o'clock. We all come in together for corporate prayer at 9 o'clock. Now, yesterday, um, we canceled yesterday only because of the storm. We wanted, to, we wanted to be in front of that and say, you know what, let's not put anybody at risk. We didn't know where it was going or what was going to happen. So we just canceled yesterday, but we'll resume that next Saturday. Okay, we did have leadership training yesterday. We postponed that. We didn't cancel it. We just postponed it. So we're going to bring that back. I'll let you know uh, when, when that will take place. But I, and I just, you know, and I apologize that if you had any plans that you put off to come to leadership training, I apologize. Uh, but we will definitely put that back out there for you, and you'll have an opportunity to show up then. Um, now, as you're going through 21 days of prayer and fast, what you need to know is I understand you're praying for certain things in your life. Makes sense. I get it. There's also a prayer directive. That's our church prayer directive. It's in the bulletin when you came in. should have been right next to your Connect card. So you should have got a prayer directive when you came in today. If you didn't, go to Connection Point. That's the big wooden desk in the foyer. Ask them for a prayer directive. What that is is a list 
of all the stuff we're praying as a church, okay, because when two of us come together with the same prayer, God's showing up. That's what it says. It's going to come true. So guess what we're going to do? We're all going to pray with the same prayer directive, and you're going to lift up your prayers. You're going to lift up the prayers of this church, and we're going to do this together as we make it through the 21 days. And you don't have to stop after 21 days. I'm just trying to create a habit in your life so you continue to pray every single day. Um, but we had, um, moving on with that, you know, we did have a phenomenal time Tuesday. If you weren't able to hang out with us, uh, Eddie James Ministry, Eddie James was, was here in town over at Restoration Church. We had a phenomenal time, and then we joined up with about five other churches, and we packed their church out and got to sit in the, the presence. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, they, he brings in a bunch of young adults that they rescue. Uh, Eddie James Ministries, they, they pick up young adults and teens that, that have been, you know, either uh, overdosing or whatever it is in their life. They struggle with all kinds of things. They get to actually rescue them. And then guess what he does with them? He shows them their gifts and purpose in life, and then he trains them how to worship. I mean, come on. And it's powerful. It was phenomenal. We got to build many relationships. It wasn't just us there as a church. Guess what? We had other pastors praying over pastors. We had other pastors praying our, over our church members. We were praying over other people's church members. That's what kingdom-mindedness is all about. That's how we're supposed to do church as part of our vision. So when we do those things, that's what we're supposed to do as a church. This isn't shut our doors, nobody comes in, and, and we don't go anywhere else. No, it's us combining with other churches and doing life with other churches. So the good part about that is, is you know, we had kind of broke some ground. I got to speak with Eddie, and, and we got to do some wonderful things. And guess what? I think next time he might be coming here. So, um, so we get to invite other churches in here. And it might work out because their church was a little bit smaller than this. So, in, it, so here we could probably fit it. We can invite everybody. So it'll be, it'll be phenomenal. So we're going to look and see how that plays out and just let God run with that one. That's, that's all good. Um, so that's enough, enough announcements and stuff. Let's pray. We're going to jump right into the word. So, Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to come out and just worship you this morning, Father. Uh, Father, we just give it all to you. We ask you to have your way in this church, Father. I ask you to touch my lips right now, Lord. Bring me a word, Father God. Just let it, let it build up in my heart, God, that when I, whatever I say lands on the ears of those that need to hear it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, so we've been in this, uh, we just started a series last week um, uh, called Regroup and Execute. Okay, Regroup and Execute. And last week we jumped into Regroup. That was our message last week, Regroup. And we had to regroup as a church, and that's why I wanted to do this. But you also have to regroup in your life. And a lot of people think that regroup means that you're retreating and you're backing up and you're stepping away. That's not it. Regroup means that you take a step back, you reorganize, you get a renewed effort to go forward. So you, you step back and you, you get everybody back together. You have a good plan, a good vision, right? We build people up. We, we build strength. And then we, then we go forward. I'm going to use it. We're going to attack. So we're going to go out and we're going to execute the plan that we came up with. So you might have to do that in your life. It's a new year. What are things in your life? And that's what we talked about last week. What do you have to take a step back from and go, you know what? This last year was rough. I started out good, but things happened, and, and it didn't turn out so good, so I need to regroup. I need to take a step back, look at priorities, look at all those things I need to do uh, to regroup and get ready to move forward. So last week what we talked about, because of that, we talked, uh, we talked about um, Joshua. So we went into the book of Joshua, because if you didn't know, Joshua had to regroup because he took over from Moses. So Moses was leading the Israelites, uh, 2.5 million people. He was bringing them down, and, but he knew that he was not supposed to see them cross into the promised land. So Joshua took over. So could you imagine that, taking over and leading 2.5 million people? You just can't keep moving at the same speed. You're going to have to take a step back. 
You're going to have to regroup, get your minds together, figure out how are we going to, one, cross the Jordan, how are we going to move into the promised land. Okay, so that's what Joshua had to do, and that's what we talked about last week. We talked about regrouping consisted of three things, remembering, returning, and renewing. We said you had to remember some things, so when you regroup, you got to remember what happened. So for people in here, I tell you, regrouping was, remember what happened in 2019? It's okay to remember the good things, remember the bad things, but build a memorial for them and leave them in 2019. You're not allowed to carry them into 2020. Okay, leave them there. They're too heavy. You don't want that weight on your shoulders, that weight on your back. You need to move forward. So we talked about leaving it there. Then we said we're going to return to trusting God with the decisions in our life. So we had to return to trusting God, putting our faith in God, not in man, and saying, you know what, Lord, it's all yours. We also said you got to return some of those things that you already gave to God, and then you took it back. And you said, God, I need a little bit of help in this. And he took it from you, and you were relieved, and you, you were praising him. But then somewhere down the line, you just said, I took it back, God. I think I wanted that one back. So you had to return that back to him. And then we finished up last week talking about renewing our minds in a personal holiness. So what do you have to do personally to make yourself better? What do you have to do um, to get closer to God, to straighten up, uh, to do what you need to be doing, not the stuff you shouldn't be doing? Okay, we said you need to renew the dreams, uh, the dreams that God put in your heart, in your mind. Okay, those dreams di didn't, didn't land absent. They didn't disappear. Guess what? They're your dreams. You need to go back, pick them back up, renew them, and use them for 2020. That's just how it works. Um, your goals. Same thing with your goals. You had goals, and for some reason, those goals uh, didn't come to fruition last year. So, in other words, you might have started off on the goals, and then something happened, and guess what? Your goals are still out there. It doesn't mean you throw them away. It means you pick them up, and you keep moving on, and you use them again. So, you had to renew that, renew your aspirations, and renew your hunger for God. Whew. That's what we covered last week. You can watch it online. <laughs> A whole lot more than that. Um. But here's the thing. Now that we understand what we have to do, we regrouped. So we got everything together, and we said, okay, we're regrouping. We're getting stronger. We're getting better. Um, it's kind of vital that we understand how we make that happen. How do we execute it? And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do you execute the plan that you put into play? How do you execute that plan? Because we have to have a plan, all right? And that's what we did in the regrouping process. But guess what? We've had a plan before. You've had a plan before, and you've left it sitting right where you developed it. You left it sitting there. You did nothing with it. You walked away from it. And I understand there's things that happen in life. Trust me, it happened to me too. And you just, you kind of get all excited about it. You write it down. You build a plan. But then you walked away. So we need to execute the plan, which is usually the biggest problem. It's not having a plan. It's, it's sticking it out. It's making it work. It's executing that process. And this year, uh, well, actually, this time of year is perfect for this because, you know, everybody has their New Year's resolution. And they say, you know what, it's the perfect time of year. We're going to start a New Year's resolution, and we're just going to, I'm going to stick to it. Did you know that, that New Year's resolutions, over 88% of them fail? 88% of New Year's resolutions fail. When I was looking it up, and I went on a life hack. <laughs> it's a really good website. You get a life hack. You get all kinds of good stuff. But when I looked it up, I said, why do they fail? That's kind of important. You know, well, why do our, our New Year's resolutions fail? And I came up with three of the top five things, three of the top five things. They were because they don't believe in themselves. So they fear. They have, they're scared of doing something. They don't believe they can actually do it. Okay, the second thing was it's too much thinking and not enough doing. Okay. And the third thing was that they're in too much of a hurry. They got so much going on in their life. They're going so fast. And they're trying to do it so fast because they want answers right now. But they 
they never make it there. They spin out of control. They lose focus. So today, what I want to do is I want to help you as we go into 2020. I want to help you execute your plan, your vision for your life, okay, and not let you be a statistic. You guys good with that? We don't want to be part of the 88%. We want to be part of the 12%. Actually, I want to make it like 13, 14, 15%, 20%. It would be nice to have it to the point where at least 50%. You know, why not go all in 100%? It would be so nice to wake up every, you know, every year and say, you know, this is what I'm going to do, and by the end of the year, it's done. That's the goal in life is to, to accomplish what God's put in front of you, to, to do what God's told you to do. And now some of us, like I said, you've had the same plan for a very, very long time. Like you are still standing in the same spot, the same spot that, that you were when you thought of the plan. When you wrote it down, and you're like, yes, such a great idea. I'm going to go back to school. It's going to be amazing. And then you're still sitting there. And it might not be from this year. It might have been the year before. It could have been the year before that. Either way, you're stuck on the same plan because you haven't built anything in your life to make that happen. So here's the thing. you got to remember this, is that if you can do it on your own, it's probably not from God because <laughs> God wants you to lean on him. God wants you to understand that, that, that if you want to do something great that he's put inside of you, that he wants you to do, you're going to have to lean on him. You're going to have to bank on him. You're going to have to give it to him. You're going to have to let him have control of your life and help you through the process. It's what you have to do. You just can't sit around and just wait for a miracle to pop in your lap. But I tend to think that's how it is sometimes. Like we pray about stuff. We want stuff to happen. And God gives us answers. God, God opens doors for us. But we're still sitting around waiting for something to happen. So you settle. You just settle for what you're doing. But here's the thing. God doesn't want you to settle. God doesn't want you to settle for what's going on in your life right now. He says, I'm not done with you. He doesn't want, he, does, he thinks you can be better than you already are. He doesn't want you to settle for what you're going through. There's some people here behind closed doors, you don't like who you are. And God says, guess what? It's time to not settle for that. I don't want you to settle for that. There's a whole new life if you just give it to me and trust me with it. He says, just trust me with it. I want so much more for you. So much more. He wants to do so much more than you can even imagine. But you got to get moving. You have to get moving. You can't sit there. So today, if you open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy 1, 6 through 8, Deuteronomy 1, 6 through 8, I'm going to read from the NLT. It'll be up on the screen. All right, it says, when we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord, our God, said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev, and the coastal plain. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Look, I'm giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it, for it is the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all their descendants. All right, so here Moses heard from the Lord, and the Lord told him, you're going you're gonna to go occupy this. I promise you these things, but you need to get moving. Get, get your people off the mountain. They've been standing there too long. So Moses is actually telling this to the Israelites, trying to say, let's get off the mountain. Let's move in to the promise, the promised land that God gave us, that God built us for, that God promised us. He said we need to move there. And that's the problem. Some of you stayed on the mountain too long. 
you're still on a mountain, and God made promises to you, and God said there's a better way, there's a better way to do things, and you're still sitting there. You're still waiting for something else to happen, and God says you need to move. We just sang the song, miracles happen when you move, not when you stand still, when you move, when you actually know what you're supposed to do, and you do it. Okay, we've been waiting around way too long. And I think people have a problem with this because they are fearful. I think they deal with a lot of those things I mentioned in the beginning. But here's the thing. People always say this. What if I fail? What if I run out of money? What if it takes too long? Well, here's the thing. What if it doesn't? What if God is ready to bless you and all you have to do is move? What if he's like, if you would just trust me, man, I've been telling you to move this whole time and you're not moving. You're so worried about what could happen. How about what really could happen when you step out in faith and give it to me? How about that God? That's the God we serve. So you need to move. So how do you get moving? So today I'm going to give you a couple things to help you get moving and execute the plan that God gave you. And the first part, you can write this down, is you need to have, and it starts with, a vision. And yes, we just spent an entire series on vision right before the new year. I spent, and we spent six weeks talking about vision. And I still believe, looking around the room, there's people in here that came and sat here and listened to it and thought it was a phenomenal sermon. Said, how great is that? And you didn't write down a single, single vision for your life. You didn't act on it one bit. You didn't step out in faith. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. Right? So we need to step forward in that. So it takes vision. So we're just going to talk about it again. So Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. I'm going to read from the Amplified. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tablets so that the one who reads it will run. For the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It hurries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. It will not delay. So you have to have a vision in your life. And when you write it down, it gives you boundaries. It actually it gives you something to fall back on. That's the whole purpose of vision. See, when you have a vision for your life and you write it down and you're following it, anything you do should line up with your vision. And if it doesn't, you shouldn't do it. It's what keeps you moving in the right direction so we're not stuck in this, this merry-go-round of coming to next year at this time and going, man, I still hadn't started what I was supposed to start three years ago. Right? It gets you focused on what you're supposed to do. It's kind of like going to a grocery store without a list. Thank you, Daisy, for this one. Because, look, when I go to a grocery store without a list, I'm coming out with a cart. And I didn't get one thing I was supposed to go get. I'll get home and I'll be like, hey, where, where's the butter? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I got some steaks. <laughs> I got, got some ribs. They were on sale. Because your mind gets so off track, you start seeing everything else. And things start, start enticing you. Like, there's a sale and there's a sale. Oh, I need that. I need that. By the time you get home, you're like, I got nothing that I planned on going to get. I just got a bunch of other stuff. It doesn't help me because my wife was waiting on baking me a wonderful cake, and she needed it. And I'm not going to get no cake now because I didn't bring home the butter. I'm telling you, it's just how it is. You need to get moving. 
And you got to have your vision written out if you want to move in the right direction. So have it in a place. Write your vision. Put it in a place where you're going to see it. Okay, it has to be, I don't care if you put it in your mirror, in the bathroom, put it in your bed, on your bedroom wall. Put it, put it, uh, you know, put it in your car. I don't, put it on the refrigerator. That's where I go a lot. <laughs> so if it's on the refrigerator, I'm good. I know I'm going to find it. In fact, open the freezer, put it on the ice cream jug. <laughs> I'll be reading that thing every day. Okay. Thing is, put it somewhere where you're going to see it so that it stays fresh in your mind every single day. And it's going to help you move forward in your life. Those goals, that plan we put in, it's going to help you execute that plan and not end up in the same place. I'm telling you, I did this um, with our laundry room. We don't have a laundry room, but I did it with the laundry room. <laughs> we, we, ha we have an old house with, with a washer and dryer that's in the hallway. We have a large house, and I have a whole spot. It's like, I think it's like 15 by 20, and it's just a room on the side of the house that we use for storage. And I told my wife that, baby, I'm going to get you a laundry room. And I, and I was so fired up over it, I went back there, cleaned the whole thing out, ripped it down, rewired it, getting ready to do plumbing on it. And then life happened, and I don't know what happened. I didn't write down any plans. <laughs> like, like, I just knew in my head. So for like a couple weeks, I was all in. It was like I was going to the gym again. I was all in for like two weeks. And next thing I know, the door got shut. And I didn't go on that side of the house anymore. I opened up the other day, couldn't walk in there. Everything came back. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but the thing is filled up with stuff. I can't get to the freezer. I'm like, this is crazy. But you know why? I didn't put it in a vision. I didn't write it down. I didn't put it in front of me every single day. Okay? You have to do that if you want to accomplish something. Trust me, it happens to all of us. Okay? But put it where you won't miss it. Okay, for some of you, it might be school. And you might be like, you know what, I was supposed to start school last year. But you know what, I'm going to start school. But for some reason, something always happens, and you don't finish school. You don't start school. Maybe someone's getting your GED. Maybe someone's getting a higher education. Maybe someone's going to trade school. Whatever it is, okay, you have that vision, write it down. And everything you do, pursue it. Pursue it with all your heart. Because guess what, once you achieve that, now you can have another one. Right? Now, now you can start new things. For some of you, it's just moving up at your work. Some people want a, maybe a management slot, or maybe you want, you're in management, and you want to be, you know, like a director, you want to be a CEO. Whatever it is, okay, you have to write it down and move towards it, because everything you should do should lead to that, okay? So it applies to everybody. It applies to everybody. But the goal is to walk in purpose to achieve what you set in place in your vision. And sometimes when I look at this and I look at how high people want to go and what people want to do in their life, I always realize that there's other people out there that's already done it. There's other people that's already been in your footsteps, that's walked that out. They already achieved that level, right? Which takes me to my second point, which is find a mentor. How else are you going to how, – how are you going to get through and, and execute your plans? Find a mentor. Find somebody that you can go to that has the wisdom and knowledge because they're really good at it. And they've done it. You cannot do it on your own. You can look, 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 if you actually look at everybody that is successful in areas like sports or business, church world, what, whatever it may be, I don't, it could be school, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, look at the people that are successful at it. I guarantee they got there on the coattails of somebody else. Somebody poured into them, somebody trained them, so somebody was probably praying for them, somebody was teaching them and training them the right way to do what they needed to do. They didn't do it on their own. They did not do it on their own. Someone had to help them. And if you get a mentor in your life, 
They're going to help you get to that next level. Why? Because they're there. They know what it takes. Yeah, I know what this is like. When I was in the military, um, I remember we had, uh, I worked for a civilian who was a retired colonel, but he was the director of the maintenance group. And what that means for people that don't know that lingo is that we had 52 airplanes and 1,500 people. Okay, and this guy was the number two in charge of the group. So he was the second person in charge. He had a commander and then him. He was the director. I was his assistant. So I got to work with him for three years. I got to go to every meeting. I got to watch how he communicated. I got to watch how he treated people. I got to watch how he made decisions. I got to watch how he talked to people that were over him and, and how he met their goals and their expectations. It was phenomenal. It was eye-opening to me. But I got to know him personally. You know, you had to go through me to get to him. Okay, we had a we had a really good relationship that when I spoke, he listened. And he understood that I already got the right answer. Well, after three years, the group is broken into two squadrons with 750 people in each and 26 airplanes. They were like, hey, you're going to go down, and now you're going to be in charge of the maintenance in that area. So you're going to take over a squadron down there. I wasn't in charge, but I was I was second in charge. And he said, but you're going to handle all the maintenance. And I was like, okay. And when I got down there, guess what? Life was very easy. You know why? Because I knew what everybody was looking for. I was already trained at a pay level higher than I could ever exceed because I got to be around people that were way above me, and I got to sit there and just watch how they acted, the questions they asked. So when I got into my position, I already had all the answers they were looking for. It made us look phenomenal. Made the other squadron like, what's going on over there? I'm like, man, I'm just asking the right questions. I'm doing the right thing because I spent time with the right person. I didn't do it on my own. I was able to ride the coattails of, of Norm Moore, who ended up, who he was the director. And I'm telling you what, man, I love that man. I love what he did in my life. But he was willing. He wanted to do it. And he reached out his arm and he pulled me in. So here's the thing. If you want to be really good at what you do, find someone who does it really well and ask them to mentor you. Follow them around. Get in their presence. Ask them questions. Try to figure out what do I have to do to get where you're at. How do I do it? You can make it formal if you want. Like call them up, schedule an appointment to go eat somewhere, buy their dinner, pay them. I don't care what you have to do. Ask them tons of questions. You know why you want to pay them? Look, you don't have to, but it's just an idea. You value what you pay for. <laughs> if you pay for it, you value it. Just bless them with something because now you invested into it. You have to invest in yourself. If you want to get anywhere in this world in life, you're going to need to invest in yourself. It's just not going to happen. Okay, so sometimes it's going to cost you something. But here's the thing, that leader's job, if you're a good leader, a good leader's job is to reach your hand back and pull other people with you. That's what good leaders do. Okay, so, so they should not have a problem with this. If they're a good leader, they're not going to have a problem with pulling you along because they're going to want to pour into you. They're going to want to bring you up because that's what leaders do. And in this church, we have a lot of good leaders. We really do. And this is your church family. So if you're looking for people, I guarantee you, we have people in here that are wonderful at business. They're wonderful at strategy. They're, they're, they're wonderful at real estate. They're wonderful at all kinds of things that you want to do in your life. And all you have to do is ask. But here's the problem. A lot of time you're like, well, I don't know who's in the church. So those leaders, those leaders got to come forth now. Those leaders got to step forward and say, this is what I know how to do. This is what I can do. This is how I can help people. And they, they need to start searching for that. See, a lot of this stuff can be done even in a small group. 
If you're really good, say it, finances, do a financial small group. If you're interested in learning about finances, come on out. Next thing you know, you got a leader pulling a bunch of people with them. You're interested in business, I'm going to do a business small group, and I just want you to get behind me and listen. I'm going to pour into you and give you all kinds of information, and, and you know what? You might be able to use some of it. So see, if you're a leader in any of those areas and you're really good, it's your job to reach back. And this is where you want to start because look at this. Look at how many people are in our church. This is just second service. Okay, there are a lot of people here and a lot of people that are really good at what they do. Okay, so don't forget to reach out and don't forget to ask them. Now, here's the thing. Some of you might go, well, the person I want to ask, they're so good, like they're never even around. Like I want to go to the top. I want to always ask the best, right? You want to be the best, ask the best. That's how I am. So when I look at things like that, even when it, I'll just use um, leadership, John Maxwell, okay, he's, he's written a million leadership books, um, and he goes all over the place and speaks. Now, obviously, I'm not going to call John Maxwell and be like, hey, man, can I have lunch with you? Who are you? I'm DJ from Destiny Church. You don't know me, man? Like, come on. Now, it probably won't happen. I would try because he might say yes. <laughs> he might say yes. But if he says no, no biggie. You know why? Because he's, he's wrote a ton of books. So when you write something in a book, it's you, it's your mind, it's your heart. It all goes into a book. So if you want to learn from somebody great like that, read their books. Read their books. Get on their podcast. Craig Rochelle, he's a phenomenal church leader. They have the largest church in America. So guess what? When I want to learn leadership about church, he has podcasts. And I just go on there and I watch podcast after podcast after podcast. And I just try to spend my time learning that stuff. So if you're driving to work, you're driving somewhere, guess what? Dial up a podcast. Put it on. Listen to it. Use every bit of time you have to achieve a goal, to achieve your vision, to, to work towards what God wants you to do, to execute the plan. There's no time to spare. But if you want to get better, you got to invest in that. Okay, you've got to do what you, you just have to do it. So here's what I love. Joseph. Sorry, not Joseph. Joshua. I don't know how many times I've said that. Joshua was Moses' aide, okay? He was with him everywhere. Okay, that's what I love about this. So, so Joshua was with Moses, so he was always around Moses. Okay, Moses was pretty phenomenal, greatest prophet ever. Okay, so let's see what this says. In Exodus, go to Exodus 33, 11. Exodus 33, 11. It says, inside the tent of meeting... The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. How awesome would that be right there? Just to say, Lord, I want to speak to you face to face. Like, I'm, I just want to see you. Come talk to me like you're my friend. Can we just sit down and chit-chat and have a cup of coffee and just, just talk? But this is what Moses got to do. So it says he would speak to him as a friend. Afterwards, Moses would return to camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Joshua would remain behind. So Moses would leave. Actually, if you read through that, it says that a cloud would come over and like block the entrance, and it was God speaking to Moses. But, but this says that, that Joshua was there. He would remain behind. So Joshua had a front row seat to everything that was going on between God and Moses. He got to watch how Moses communicated to God, how Moses took the word of God, and how, how he communicated that to the Israelites. He got to watch it all. He probably had, had a chance to record it. He was probably sitting there with a tablet going, man, that was good, Lord. 
Like, I better write that down so Moses don't forget it. He's forgetful, right? And he probably saw Moses responding good ways and bad ways. So he's probably like, hmm, don't do that. <laughs> good note. Thanks, Moses. I'm a, you know, that's a good coattail moment right there. I don't want to do what you did. But here's the thing. He sat in everything. He understood everything. And he spent a lot of time with him, right? So Joshua was in the tent. We know that because Joshua, it says Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Remain means to stay in a place that one has been occupying. So he was in there, and he just stayed. He just stayed. So here's what I was thinking. I was like, I wonder how many times Moses would leave, and God would just show up. Be like, hey, Joshua, I appreciate what you do. And pretty soon, you're going to be the one leaving. Your time is coming. How many times would he pop back in and just say, did you get all that? Because I'm training you. I'm mentoring you. I'm preparing you to be bigger and better than Moses ever was. I'm training you to take them and take them into the promised land. So did you get all that? So I wonder what that would be like. God come and say, hey, man, you missed something. <laughs> Let me see your notes. <laughs> hmm, no, no, I said this to him, and you didn't write it down. That's a powerful moment. Joshua is going to be the Moses of his generation. So I heard it this way. To become Moses, to become the Moses of your generation, you need to listen to the Moses of the previous generation. So you got to be around the right people. You got to surround yourself with whom you want to be. Find time to get around people who you want to be like. In other words, I guess I could say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It's just how it is. So guess what? If you want to be big in the business world, you should be hanging around a bunch of business people. And you should, you should not only come at them for their knowledge, but for their relationship. Why? Because now they're going to pour into you. Spend time with them and just listen. And just see what they can do. So the last thing you need to do, so you had to have vision, right? You had to have vision. And you had to have find a mentor. And the last one is you need to lean on God's word. You need to lean on God's word. I love God's word. You know, it has over 5,000 promises in God's word. Promises. Stuff like he's absolutely trustworthy. He is unchanging. Right? He has a promise that says he has the power and will to fulfill his promises. So what that says is that there's a promise out there for you. There's a promise that applies to your situation and what you're going through and where you're trying to go. You need to find those promises. You need to memorize them, and you need to lean on them. That's what you need to do. You need to lean on those promises. See, Joshua had to lean on the promises of God. Go to Joshua 1, 1 through 5. Joshua 1, 1 through 5. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River and into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness to the south, to in the south, to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long 
as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. How powerful is that, knowing that, man, the Lord just promised you that wherever you go, he's going to be with you. He's going to protect you. He's already promised that land to Moses. He's promised it to, to everybody. Hey, look, and you're the next one. So he says, trust me, I made a promise to you. And he promises Joshua the land. But here's what he does. He gives them boundaries. He doesn't give them boundaries to restrict them. I think he gives them boundaries to show them how powerful God is. Because scholars say that, that when they, he gave them all those boundaries, you heard it, from this to that to this. If you actually map that out, that's a huge territory. Scholars say that when they crossed the Jordan, the Israelites, they only took a small portion of what God promised them. And God says, I'm going to give you abundantly more than you can even take. That's what he's saying. He says, I want to give you boundaries so you can see that you don't even have the capability of taking what I want to give you. But there's so many of us that won't move forward. We're not willing to, to step in faith and walk out in what God's already given you. And he says, don't stop. There's no stopping. Like, keep going. I have abundantly more. Your boundaries are out there just so I can show you how big they are. Just so I can show you how big they are. So you got to remember this. If you're not dead, God's not done. It's that simple. <laughs> Because here's the thing. I know there's people in here. You might be retired. You might have said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done in the business world. I retired. I did my part. <laughs> and that's not happening. Because God has a whole bunch more planned for you. So now it's time as a leader to reach back and pull other people up. It's time for you to invest in the next generation. So it's not so you can just sit back and relax and go retire somewhere and not do anything. It's so that you can pull other people up. That's what it's for. So in our church, we have a ton of leaders that just need to step up and start pulling people, pulling up that next generation, training the next generation, helping them, mentoring them. That's what we need to do. But if you're like me, I want everything done right now. I'm a little impatient. I want stuff done. I, 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 want, I want God to move right now. <laughs> right? It's just how it is. I want to see results right now. You know, so, so when I pray for big things, I'm like, all right, like, come on, I'm expecting it, like, move, and it's not fast enough for me, so that's me, so what I do is I go, maybe I didn't do my part, so I go all in, 100%, 110%, 150%, I start spinning out of control, right, I'm going 100 miles an hour every direction, trying to do the most I can, the best I can, and I tend to leave my family behind. I tend to not think of my church family as much because I'm just seeking God. And I'm like, maybe I messed something up. Why isn't it here yet? I'm impatient. So I get in this cycle of spinning out of control. And it's like everything's going so fast. And, and I'm losing balance in my life. I'm losing balance with, with, my, with, my, with my family life and everything else. And it's frustrating. And I start getting frustrated. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that. But it's so hard when you feel like you're pulled in every different direction kind of like vertigo. See, when you have vertigo, what happens is, is it causes you to get dizzy. It causes you to be unbalanced, right? So I was researching that last night. This is really good. So when I reach research medical stuff, I go to WebMD. Greatest place ever. <laughs> Gives you phenomenal answers. Like, it's either going to tell you you have everything in the world or nothing. <laughs> but I, was, I wasn't looking for a diagnosis, okay? But, but I was looking to go, hey, how do I fix vertigo? 
because maybe that's the key. Maybe, maybe fixing vertigo is the key. So this is what I read on WebMD, and you can even do you know, check it out later. Don't don't do it in here. Check it out later. This is the first thing it says if you want to fix vertigo, which is spinning around and losing and being unbalanced. First thing it says is kneel down and look up at the ceiling. I'm not making this up. Second thing it says, touch the floor with your head, touching your chin, so your head goes towards your knees. So I don't know about you, but this is what it looks like. And I said, when life's spinning out of control, when you can't control it, I mean, you are, you are so caught up in the moment that you're doing everything you can because you just want to see God show up and you want to see good things happen. And you give it all to him. You're saying, guess what? Don't lose control. You're good. Just get on your knees and just look to the ceiling. Just give it to me. Seek me. And guess what? If that doesn't work, he says, just kneel down. Put your forehead to the ground and tuck your chin. Kind of looks like that. And I'm telling you, when you get here, when you just sit here, when you get in this posture, when you get in the presence of God, and you sit still, going to hear him. You sit still until you hear him. That's how you fix it. Because we get so caught up in stuff, we forget how big our God is. He doesn't care how fast we go. We got to stay connected. We got to stay in tune with what he wants. You got to keep him on the front of your mind, him on the front of your heart. So now, if you ever doubted WebMD, that's pretty good stuff right there. Not saying it's going to cure anything, but it's a pretty good word. We just got to remember we got to lean on his promises. He has promises that apply to you. He has promises in his word that, that will tie to every single person in here. And he is a faithful and trustworthy God. So when you're trying to execute your plan, in your vision for 2020, or even in your life. Do everything you can do and trust God to do everything he can do. And if you feel you're spinning out of control, you need to take a break, kneel down, get back in his presence, and allow him to direct your life. Boom. You got to get off the mountain and move. That's what we have to do. So don't wait on change. I need you to be the change in your life. Don't wait on it. Just be it. So this year as a church and as individuals, it's time to go from great intentions to great activity. There's way too much of the, the, the great intentions out there. Like, you know, I want to go to the gym. No, go to the gym. I, I, I want to eat better. No, actually eat better. Like, take the steps. Man, I've just been praying. I just want to get closer to God. Okay, actually do what you're supposed to do. Pray, read the Bible, worship him. Just bow down and be still in his presence. So actually do it. So go from great intentions to great activity this year. And that's going to help you execute. Execute the plan and vision God has for you. So last week, I asked you to uh, recommit to some things this year. 
don't know if you remember that. Some of you were here, some weren't. But I'm going to rehash them. So last, last week I said I asked you to recommit to making attending church a priority in your life. And we have, a, we have a great online service, but I'm telling you, you can't feel what you feel when you're in this room. You have to show up. You have to be here. You want to see change in your life? Show up. Show up, and, and that's how you meet people in the church. That's how you, you find mentors is when you show up and start serving. Guess what? Now you're spending time with people, and God's going to put people in front of you. God can open doors that nobody else can open. But you've got to be there. Recommit to serving and attending small groups and men's and women's ministries. I ask you to recommit to personal and daily time in reading the word and praying. I asked you last week to recommit to personal holiness, to get all those things that you're feeling convicted about in your heart and get rid of them and focus back on God, give them back to him. And I asked you to recommit to accelerating the vision of this church by giving so we can advance the gospel. So this week, I'm going to add a few more. This week, I want you to write your vision and put it somewhere where you won't miss it. Write it down. And if you don't know what a vision is, write where you expect to see yourself or where you want to be. Write some goals down. Write it down. Put it in a place where you won't miss it. The second thing is find a mentor in your life that can help you achieve what you're striving for. What is it you're trying to do? What is it? What's your goal in life? What are you what are you trying to reach out and get? Find somebody that does it and get to know them. And if they're really good at what they do, they're going to pull you along and they're going to extend a hand. And the third thing is memorize some promises of God that pertain to your situation. Memorize them. Memorize the word. Put it on your lips. And lean on him. Lean on his word. When times of struggle come, when times of doubt come, lean back on that promise and know that God has that promise for you. And you have to know what those promises are. And then just lean on him. Amen? All right, let's stand to our feet. Come on. Don't we serve a great and powerful God? Come on. I think we serve a powerful God that's a little more powerful than that. Don't we serve a great and powerful God? Come on, let's give him what he deserves. All right, there you go. Good stuff. Well, as we close today, I just want, for a second, I just want every head bowed, every eye closed. Because I know there's people here, you're ready to get off the mountain, you're ready to take steps in doing what you're called to do. There are people here who are just trying to do their own, their own thing, right? They're just not seeking a proper mentor in their life. They're trying to achieve goals on their own, and that's not going to work. For those people that you're searching for a mentor, there's going to be people in here that need to search for a mentor, somebody that can guide them and lead them. There's people here that would be great mentors, but you haven't reached your hand out. You haven't pulled people up. You haven't made the church aware of what you can do, and you haven't given people an opportunity. And there's people here that need to lean on the promises of God. You need to stand in faith and trust God more. Want more of him. So at every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, if that's you, I just want to pray for you real quick. I'm not going to call you out, but I want to make sure that as I'm speaking that this word is resonating on your heart. So if that's you, I just want to pray for you. Can you just lift your hands up? Nobody's looking. I just want to know who I'm talking to this morning. All right, good. Hands all over the place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
So, Father, you see the hands in the house, Lord. We thank you, God, that we get to do this. We thank you that we get to come together as a church and, and just worship you and, and celebrate you. And, Father, you saw the hands. You see the hearts of those that didn't even raise their hand, God, but you know you know what they're going through and you know what they need in their life. So, God, I ask you to give them the courage, God. I ask you to give them courage to, uh, to, to step out, Father God, and to ask for help and to find somebody that can guide them and lead them, Lord. I ask you to give them the ability to write the vision down and give them the, the ability to put it somewhere, Father, and follow it and stick to it. Father God, give, give them that ability to stick to what they start. And Father, there's those that need to memorize some, some verses. So, Father, I ask you to, to give them that ability, give them that, that, that want to actually know your word and keep it on their heart. And those mentors that are here, Father, that, that you know that they just, uh, they, they've, they've been waiting for an opportunity. Or maybe they just got washed out and life took over. So, God, you know those ones that can reach out and help others and pull them up. Father, I ask you to speak to them right now and give them the willingness to do so. So, Father, you see it all. You know what's going on. Your will be done in our lives, Father God. We just surrender it all to you. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And now today, I know there are still probably some people here that you need to know who he is. You need to know who Jesus is. You need to allow him to come into your heart. You need to let him take over. You need to give him the reins. You need, you need to connect with him first so that all this other stuff plays out. So you, you, need, you need to make that first step, that first step of faith, which is I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. That's the step you need to take. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, don't leave here today. Don't start off 2020 the wrong way. Leave here with a fresh and a new relationship with Jesus. So if you want to accept him into your heart for the first time, first time in a long time, right now is the time. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, can you just lift your hands up? So we're going to say a prayer as a church. So I'm not going to call you out. We're not going to do any of that. I just want to see who we're praying for. Anybody? All right, I see it in the back. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I see it. Thank you, Father. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we're going to say this prayer together as a church. I just want everybody to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long. I can't do this on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I know you died on the cross and rose again just for me. Today, I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's put a, let's lift up a shout of praise on that. Come on. So good. Look, if you said that prayer for the first time or first time in a long time, do me a favor, reach out to an usher, fill out a connect card. Same thing, if you're a guest, fill out our connect card so you know you're here. But you can drop that in the offering bucket, take it to connection point. But we have a gift for you. So we have resources for you if you said that prayer. Don't leave here without that. We have baptism next Sunday. So that's your next step is to get baptized. So if you have not been baptized, that is next Sunday. Sign up. Go by Connection Point. You can sign up online on our app. Whatever you have to do, sign up for that. And I'm going to invite the prayer partners forward. Don't leave here without prayer. And then the last thing is we are a church that believes part of our worship is giving. It, it's, it's what we do. We give back to God. You know, and, and sometimes I always think about it, and I always think that, you know, sometimes some people think they don't have enough. Some people think that, that, 
It doesn't matter. Here's what God says. God, God, God wants your heart. So, so God says if you have a cheerful heart and you give, and it doesn't matter how much that is. The point is, is you have the faith to give so that God will show up. I'm telling you, God will bless that. God will bless your life when you trust him. And that's part of that step of faith is trusting him, especially with your finances. So there's four ways to give. You can give at the offering buckets at each door. You can go on our app and give. You can go online. You can give in the kiosk in the foyer. But I'm going to pray over offering right now. I want God to move on your heart. I'm going to pray over this upcoming week. And then we're going to release you. And if you have prayers, you can come forward. If you need prayer or you have a prayer request, you can come forward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God, just for everything. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in our life, God. We thank you that, that Lord, once again, we get to do this. So, Father, we just ask you to, to, to bless us today, Father. Just be with us this upcoming week. Father, protect us, guide us, Lord. Father, open up those doors this week that we need open so that we can start pursuing the dreams and the, and the visions that we need, God. Father, use us. Use us. Even though wherever we are, Lord, guess what? We got there somehow. So use us to pull somebody up to our position, God. We ask you this, to fire that up in our heart. Put that fire on our heart to do that, Lord. So, Father, we lift up this offering to you. Father, we just, man, we come at you cheerfully saying, God, we just want to give back to you. So, Lord, we ask you to bless this gift and bless the giver. We pray, Father, that you just... Uh, Man, we, we just, we expect amazing things to happen, Lord. So, Father, we give it all to you. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, one more shout of praise before we break for today. We thank you guys for showing up. If you need prayer, come up front. Other than that, have a wonderful and powerful week.